0: Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Widell. And before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm with Robbie Clark, and we're talking about winning. And Robbie's had a lot of experience in figuring out how to navigate life and come out on top and uh learning how to improve learning how to get better learning all the lessons from other people and so robbie thanks for taking the time uh to talk uh you mentioned something uh you'd like to have you have a podcast right (laughs) Well, yeah, it's funny. I've been asked to do
1: one for a while, but it's not a business podcast. It's called the Inside Fighting and it's a podcast. um, I I typically uh, interview UFC fighters, mixed martial artists, some boxers, things like that. And so, yeah, it's really just uh, one that we have fun with uh, a news media outlet. And then I do interviews with fighters as well, too. So uh, yeah, more of a passion project, but yeah.
0: (laughs) And people can find that on all the standard podcast locations called Inside Fighting.
1: Correct. Yeah, we just um, inside fighting uh, MMA on Instagram, inside fighting on uh, YouTube, and we just I think got listed on Spotify and the and the other uh, platforms like the past week. Uh, it's just gotten back up and and redid our site uh, insidefighting.com where we have uh, you know, about a dozen articles a week on on what's going on in uh, in the UFC and mixed martial arts world.
0: And uh, so, say that again. How they find that?
1: So inside that? yeah insidefighting.com uh, is the okay. website inside uh inside fighting mma for instagram and um uh, spotify and uh i believe the other the platforms it's on uh now over the past week has been listed
0: okay and so talk about grappling you said you want one of one of on your bucket list you you uh, uh would like to meet elon musk uh i'm not i'm not sure how much in common i would have with elon musk but uh <laughs> One thing is you get an honest answer. I love his articles, his interviews and uh, uh, his insight. I mean, he's right on the money, but you said Joe Rogan, because you said you had, you had grappled with Joe Rogan, Uh, grappling with Joe Rogan. That has to be an experience. Yeah, well, I had trained at 10th
1: uh, Planet Jiu Jitsu from 2005 to 2007. Obviously, he was there, it was run by, uh, still run by, by Eddie Bravo. who has got a bunch of gyms now. Um, so, I mean, I'd go there and get my ass kicked by guys like him. I was in really good shape, but Joe's a beast. He's a, he's a black belt. He's, you know, two, about 200 pounds or so. And, uh, you know, he, he can crank you if he wants to. So, you know, I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of, uh, sorry, he's charging in. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun there and work with some great mixed martial artists. and. Uh, but it's not even that. Why I would like to be in uh, his podcast and talk to him. It's it's his knowledge and access to uh, information and in, in people. He has the best people in the world um, on his podcast. It's funny not to not to go down this road, but you know Dana White, the president of the UFC, just got got COVID. He's got access to the best you know medical advice in the world. The first person he called was Joe Rogan, and uh, and got his advice on on what to do. So uh, I've got a ton of respect for the way he handles things and the and what he does. And then. Uh, Elon Musk is not even a bucket list. I would love to get a meeting with him in the next year because I have um, uh, an idea you can't you know, I, I would like to um, take all the properties we have in, in uh, and and put solar city um, uh, solar panels on all of our roofs. and I have a an idea on how that could uh, could work and want to see if it's uh, viable just to really make a big push in in, in regards to that. Um, that industry. And again, I, I've been following Elon for a long time. And he's one of the re- he's actually the reason I decided to kind of put myself back out there because I've only really been networking and going on podcasts and things for about like six months now. And I was watching um, him on Spotify. I didn't have an uh, even account on Spotify at the time, but I signed up because I knew he was on Joe Rogan. I'm there on a Friday night watching Elon. And I'm trying to laugh at his jokes just so I can relate to him. Uh, you know, and I'm like, this guy right here, you know, is um, uh, look, look at how much attention he can draw for for these different things that he's working on, and all of his businesses are actually not based on like, there's nothing to do with profit. It's about bettering the world, and you know right. he's got people don't even know he's got underground uh, tunnels. He's been able to reduce the pricing for under underground tunnels um, exponentially. So that's going to be something that's coming in the future that's going to help with traffic. He's got you know whether it's the renewables uh, from Solar City to Tesla to Neuralink, which is you know, uh, pretty crazy to some people, but it's an incredible technology that, you know, basically, we're going to be able to create new neurons in the brain and, and, and heal things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, which is the, you know, Neuralink's um, uh, goal. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. And it can advance so much further, because it's just, uh, it's a new way of doing things that seems to be much more effective, at least from studies and uh, popping a pill or, or, or other things. So I, I'm just in awe of what he does I don't think there's a human that, you know, you have some incredible people. There's you know, a ton of incredible people, but there's Elon is just like he's built different. <laughs> you know?
0: Now, now when you have studied uh what are things that what first got you stuck out to you? You mentioned uh think and grow rich. Uh, was it think and grow rich or was it the uh
1: uh, rich dad poor dad, yeah. rich, dad, thinking poor dad. Oh, rich is good too
0: yeah but to get yourself organized for success what are some of the principles that you say to other people in the companies and your people what are some principles that you say over and over you know they st- with you. You know, I, I have certain things that I've been saying for decades and I don't try and say them. It's just that they work you know, yes. over and over and over. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, the keep it simple, you know, but it's grow or die. You know, you got to be specific to be dynamic. You know, there's certain things it's just over, you know, uh, you know it's kind of like go big or go home if you don't have a big goal you don't have a goal and uh, a goal without a deadline is not a goal and so you know it's it's a certain things that you have that you hear one thing i heard early on in my career was great ideas don't care who use them and uh uh it's it's just you gotta you've got to be exposed to it before, but you know, it doesn't matter if you're evil, you're pure or whatever, you've got a great idea. You can use that idea and make things happen. And so what are some of the things that you find uh, spring into your mind that you say over and over again to yourself and to people around you, when you're dealing with life, dealing with issues, dealing with decisions?
1: Well, a new one I just learned is uh, ideas don't care who you use them, which I think is is pretty good, because I do say, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen, it doesn't matter about the ideas, the implementation of that idea, because you always hear all the time, oh, I had that idea for, you know, vitamin water, and you're like, okay. Where was the next step? Suppliers can I give you? Can I right? tell
0: you something on that? I bought that guy's book, uh, 40 years ago. It's Joe <laughs> Gandolfo and he's got great ideas are a dime a dozen, but the people who use them are priceless. And yeah. he wrote a book yeah. on it, a little, a little tiny book on it. And, that's uh, cool. I think most people are forgotten about that, but that's, that's one I use over and over too.
1: Hey, that's a, that's a good one. You know, I, um, I'm
0: big on the problem
1: solving side of things right like if, if you get into a business you got to understand you're in the business of problem solving now that's all a business is and if and, and if you uh like in, in real estate people are always asking i think you know paralysis by analysis is a real thing for most people who especially when you grow up in the school system and you're like oh if you get a mistake it's wrong you get a mistake it's wrong where in reality in real life you know you're on the internet trying to search for uh what could be right and you're, and you're trying to fail forward so to speak So. You know uh people who want to get into any situation like uh, say somebody wants to buy real estate one of my advices for them is to start uh cheap and to, to start you know not with a huge project you got no experience in construction don't be taking on a huge construction site because you're gonna have uh problems and you want in order to you know it's two or threefold you don't want to be discouraged by jumping on problems that are too big for you to solve but you do want to get started so you can start to see what the problems are and solve them if you have a small house it's relatively cheap foundation is good and you're putting people in there, you're gonna deal with the smaller problems like finding a good tenant, which is very important. Um, You know, maybe little leaks and things like that there. And that's really good because it prepares you and gives you confidence for the next stage. If you go out and buy an apartment and then you find out that the plumbing is wrong and the first thing that needs to be done is everything's getting torn out, you need permits and whatnot. That can be extremely discouraging if you've not been uh, through that before. So start small, but start fast. And then understand that if you, you you know, everything is problem solving, you're not gonna get better at anything in life without having these hurdles that you're gonna have to jump by. Uh, another one I just used is, you know, as an entrepreneur, as an athlete, you're doing this in any field you wanna succeed in, but you're always walking into a room uh, with not all the lights turned on. You're walking into a dim room. You might have some of the education to get there, but you're not walking in with all the lights on. You gotta take that chance. And it's, from there, you need to problem solve your way in order to get all those lights on before you step into the new room. Because as an entrepreneur or somebody trying to succeed in anything to to a, to a higher level, uh you're gonna be walking into a lot of rooms with dim lights and then from there you got to problem solve your way through it so i just understand that and embrace those challenges and try to um uh give that to our team i know i know the goals that we have i don't know all the problems before we get there but we never change the goal we change the plan to get to the goal and if you embrace that mentality with anything you're gonna do a lot better because instead of somebody giving me a problem and going oh i can't believe this happened like what am I doing? There's there's not even that inclination, and I don't. Our team doesn't have that inclination. It's like, okay, what is the what is the solution here? And and that little shift saves you so much time and energy. You know, you complain too much, people don't want to be around you anyway. So talking about your problems is not going to help you in the long run. So
0: yeah, uh, talk about now how you decided we're going to start going to other cities. We're going to expand out geographically and we're not going to be limited by where we are because I bet that thought has occurred to very few people, <laughs> you know, they they keep driving around the same neighborhoods. Every, all the good properties are, are, uh, uh, you know, taken. And, uh, so what do we do about that? You know? And, uh, so where did that idea come from and how, how did you make it work?
1: Yeah, so my model always focuses around finding uh, homes that are far under the cost to build and, and then again as we renovate and, and and do good things and you know get out the bad landlords replace them with the uh, you know us and uh, and improved homes in nice areas um that kind of spurs on other people to do the same and more development and then eventually when the homes come close to reaching the cost to build you have new developers come in there and that's good for the entire economy because you know what what the middle class needs a, a utopic situation that'll never happen is um homes are always kind of valued at 10 to 20 percent above the cost to build uh that's never going to happen because you're going to go to toronto or or new york or or los angeles where prices are jacked up because the demand is so high and then you're going to go to the other areas where it's just been you know flat and even if there's not a lot of vacancies it's just there's not been any market movers or new development to spur those prices going higher but what you have when prices stay flat too long is a recessionary environment so i don't feel uh that going to toronto and making a two million dollar home a four million dollar home is where the best value is uh for me personally i think it's going to these cities that need the capital in there to spur more development so that the current owners in there get some appreciation because if they don't then they would have been better off putting their money in stocks or renting and the uh, existing rental pool has homes that you know the landlords can actually afford to renovate and keep them nice so they're not um, you know struggling either to find good homes or just dealing with the you know constant issues that that nobody's fixing so once uh, we were in southern Ontario for a while once that kind of started to reach close to the price of build we were searching for other opportunities and I looked at northern Ontario number one I'm extremely bullish on the commodity metal mining sector over the next decade and beyond uh, for a ton of reasons I, w- I won't go into here but um, you know, we looked at the, the median income there was strong, but the, the properties have been, you know, flat or, or gone down over the past two, three decades. And so it looked like a great area that it's like, Hey, listen, we can come in here and we can invest. We can start to improve some of these homes. We can, you know, take care of the, uh, some of the rental needs there. Not everything. Cause you know, nobody's one person is big enough to do it, but you know, they have waiting lists in Sudbury for, for, for housing. They have waiting lists in Niagara for housing, and, um, it, it's a serious need across uh, canada so if and when the prices in northern ontario start to reach the price of build where new developers can come online and start building new inventory um we'll try to find a different city that is now in need of the the capital and maybe the fluffing that that's needed before the new developers can go there
0: hey listen there's a lot of information online but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to WhiteEllenWinning.com forward slash webinar now i've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up and so you said that you uh when you do expansions getting uh you know you started other businesses to handle some of this expansion uh how do you do that you know you say you're not the operating partner in all of these things because there's a limit to what you can do uh how do you set those things up because you have like sids reno sids develop uh rwc management zach files real estate yeah and how, how does that how do you set those up
1: zach files is a, was one of my one of my first show i ever did where i was acting so that was <laughs> that's where that court yeah. comes from but that's just a holding company but the um the uh the the other companies so they all support the business so i am you know the ceo of, of sid developments which right. you know, one extension is the uh construction team which consists of uh, site supervisors and project managers and engineer and um then the property management side so we handle everything in-house because um it's just more efficient but we don't have the labor so we work with uh, uh, local trades the um, okay. network of local trades in the city, and then we manage them through our site supervisors that show up on site, make things, make sure things are done, and then once the property is complete, we hand that over to RWC management, and uh, then it's their responsibility to make sure that they get listed and and uh, um, make sure the tenants are good, make sure everything's clean, make sure our you know care packages or whatever it might be are are are, are, are dropped off. So it's it's um, it, that's how it works as a unison to make it super efficient. And we don't uh, do any construction sites that are not our own. So our focus is on on the projects that that we own and take care of and we don't manage any uh, sites on the property management site that are not our own. So we're not a retail uh, company and that allows us to keep our focus on making sure uh, these assets and, and, and clients are taken care of to the best of our ability.
0: And. Uh... I didn't realize meals was such a profitable thing, you know. It
1: has oh, well to... let me let me correct you there. It's not very profitable. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but uh no, that is a you know, um that's a growing industry as well, too. Um, eFresh meals and, and we delivered prepared meals across Ontario and recently BC as well, too. So we're trying to expand nationally. Um, but uh yeah, no, that's a business we've had for years. Uh it's it's not necessarily a, a, a super profitable business, but it is um something that I saw was like a need uh for canadian you know consumers in, in north america as we continue to uh move towards more convenient ways of of living uh prepared meals has, has continued to uh, you know increase in demand uh, globally really
0: yeah and it's a matter of the what you're looking at that is like getting in on the ground floor and of uh, a market you know is going to expand i guess that's what you're thinking is but then, yeah. yeah go ahead that
1: that was a great learning experience uh in in how markets work i kind of knew before but then went in firsthand so the problem with the prepared meal services like any industry is that you start with the education phase and um the education phase is extremely expensive so what happened when we started getting in is like if you actually ask people five six years ago what prepared meal services they'd be like what are you talking about with the exception of like personal trainers they didn't get it yet now everybody knows right But that initial capital so what happens is there's this hysteria everybody will jump into a new market which is absolutely what happened um you know blue apron was uh, was a big one in the states that that uh you know i think they're still around i think the pandemic saved them but the the reality is is that those early entries are raising tons of capital to spend it on education which is much more expensive than sales and marketing it's the same thing with the internet it's the same thing with cryptocurrencies this is how all markets start and and you need that money you need that hysteria in uh to create money so that people can then spend it to advertise and market. But if you don't know the product, you know, the product or service, it's gonna take a lot of times hitting you in order to understand it. So all the capital raised initially in the industry went to inefficient marketing because you had to first educate the audience. Now that the yeah. audience is educated, you can now market more efficiently because you're not having to explain yourself 30 times. But right. we jumped in at the beginning, so we survived for sure. And and but I learned that, and it's like, you know, it's a very similar trend to every new industry and in, in how they work. It takes a, a lot of time to educate the, the, the Model T Ford, you know, when, when, uh, uh, when, when Ford in, in the cars started becoming a part of everyday life, at first people thought it was offensive to move faster than a horse and uh, right. you know, that, yeah. that, that, that cars were the devil. And, and yeah. there's so many things that it took time to educate the audience regardless of how, how off they might've been.
0: Yeah, they thought, I mean, they had, you know, like COVID, we're just following the science well the science was with cars is that a human being could not breathe oxygen uh traveling 30 miles an hour yeah be <laughs> you know, you, so fast you could not get breath into your lungs <laughs> that was the science and so uh uh without the education
1: know. it seems logical though but now yeah. you're like no it's crazy
0: <laughs> you're like yeah, yeah yeah but now when you go into these other you know this kind of proves you can study all you want but until you get your butt into these things you're not there you there's 99 of you're not going to learn but you know you can learn one or two percent about things by somebody telling you but it's kind of like someone telling you about a movie they went to see and this happened they can give you the punchline, but they can't transfer the experience and so if you really uh, are interested in these different things Uh, it's like, I I tell people like, if, if you feel like you want to write a book, write the darn book, get it off your mind and then get to the other side of something in you says, I need to put this information together in my mind. If only for myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and when that happens, you'll now be organized. You'll learn things in the process. But if you have an interest in an industry or a town or, you know, any kind of thing, go for it and find a way to integrate it into your schedule so that uh you can learn you know what (laughs) what it is inside your gut that's calling out to you about that one thing you did was uh lawn care uh and what where did that come from
1: um you know it's in theory an easy entry point into a business so a lot of learning uh curves there as well too right like uh, uh, my wife runs a very successful commercial and residential cleaning business there's a lot of similarities to the two the only difference is you know um uh the amount of equipment and uh, uh an extra liability that you take on in the landscaping industry because you can you can have a cleaning crew um driving in a in a nice new you know uh civic and in some cleaning supplies whereas you know to run a landscaping crew you need uh you know a sixty thousand plus dollar truck and 100k worth of equipment in the back so yeah. you know it it was a it was one where it's like hey same thing i'm always a volume focused person and i was like how do we uh you know just just build this up with lawn cuts lawn cuts are easy i know how to lawn, i know how to cut lawns so uh how do we uh how do we scale this and, and you know provide value to to our clients so uh, the focus again was was uh getting as many clients as we can yeah about like 500 or so year-round clients, and in uh, snow removal and and uh, and uh, weekly long cuts as well too. But again, like that that balance uh, business is a challenge in itself too. That company doesn't make money some years and some years it does. It's not my full-time focus. If it was, right. a you know, right. uh, it'd be a little bit different. I think. But but there, every business has challenges. And even just saying, hey, you got 500 year-round clients, like wow, it must be great. But no, I mean, the the equipment uh, issues that you have to face, the challenges in, in any industry uh, are, are difficult, right? So uh, although I love the business and it was one that kind of uh, helped me learn a lot of what's right and what's wrong, um, you know, that's a big thing to know with any business, it's not all sunshine and roses in, in any industry, and you're gonna have good years and you're gonna have bad years.
0: But you did, you can't factor in, you uh the value of the education you got from being in and continuing to be in that you know you're because uh you know when you get information you get lessons that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur you can apply that information wherever you want the rest of your life you know and uh, like you said early on the important thing is for the person in charge running things to be growing You know, just, you know, it keeps you fresh. It gives you, you're continuing to create, uh, uh, options, uh, stowed away in your mind. So when you run into problems and the fast, you know, the more you grow, if you stay in business, you're going to be growing and you're going to have more decisions, bigger decisions, and they're going to come at you faster. But the thing is, you're going to have be better equipped to handle those things you know it's 100
1: you, you can fool the outside world but you can't fool the people closest to you and the closest people to you are the ones that are helping you with that success so it's on you to uh to ensure that they they understand that you're putting in that work and, and they have that respect for you ongoing because if they see you slipping and things like that even if they won't say it like I say a lot a lot of athletes and um um uh entertainers are surrounded by a lot of yes men not all of them some of them have very good teams and that's why you see guys like you know drake taking over the world because like although he's an incredible human being you got to have a good support system around you as well too to make that successful and that's the difference between athletes and entertainers who really make it because they are the commodity in their business, so they're the only people who can afford to have people around them that may not be the best influencer or just yes men. If I have those same people in my business, we're gonna fail. We're not even gonna make it to a small business. So I have to be honest with myself and my team. And then as you grow bigger and you have an executive team, now your team is uh, CFO, lawyers, you know, uh, you know, uh, engineers, and you, you can't fool these guys, right? They have to know that you know what you're doing and that you're improving as well too. So for them to work that hard, they gotta respect you period because people aren't going to put in that work unless they know that you're adding that value for something them on the other side
0: absolutely uh right on the money uh what would you say uh i'm going to give you a chance to say a final word for people listening they want to move up the ladder and uh, uh a final takeaway if they were on your team if they you, you know they were your relative a brother or a friend and uh they're moving up. Uh, one last final word for them.
1: Uh, relative brother or friend, it would be the same advice I, I, I get to everyone, which is, you know, first start, start educating yourself. And people are like, I don't have time to read. Start with audio books. If you want to learn about business or money, you, you have to start listening to these because you're not going to have people like, oh, my friend group is not there. Great. I didn't have, you know, multimillionaire or billionaire friends. I still don't have any billionaire friends. And the reality is, is those books are what changed my context. Those were my friends when I first started. When I had nothing, when I had no money, had no homes, I used those books as my friend group. And, and having that absorb that information two to three hours a day, I felt like them. I walked like them and I, and I got those you know, euphoric rushes where you, you have during the day and you're like, I'm gonna make that. And you need to put that energy out there to start getting things back. And then the second part of that is to, to get started. Get started small. I don't recommend doing something uh, huge. I'm definitely on more Kiyosaki side for that. Then maybe a, a grand Cardone who's like, hey, start with a 200 unit building. That's that's crazy to me, but start small if you're getting in real estate or a business. You know, Start cutting your neighbor's lawn if it's landscaping because you gotta learn. And if you do a small step into it, you're gonna learn pretty quickly or not if it's for you or not. And if you're having challenges there on those problems, well, thank God you started small because if you did something bigger, you're not gonna be able to persevere through those. So educate yourself, get started, and then persevere because those, those three things, if you do them, you you literally can't lose you know if you're going to the all-stars in baseball you hit three for ten you're an all-star you hit two for ten you never make in the big leagues with business you can make a lot of mistakes and you just got to be right once and then not screw that up from there to to do it but the more mistakes you learn like you had said your, your education grows and you can't replace that with any kind of capital or money or anything so your goal is to try and make these little mistakes and not crumple everything but what did i do wrong and it's not that you're trying to do something wrong you're trying to do the right things but most, a lot of times when you're doing something new, you're trying to do the right things, you're gonna find the better way to do it. And, uh, and you gotta persevere through that. So educate yourself daily, fall in love with that, get started on something easy and then uh, persevere.
0: All right, thanks so much, uh, Robbie. I am really impressed by what you've done so far, your track record you're building and looking forward to uh, following you on the charts as you continue to move up, man, this is exciting.
1: Uh, Larry, I appreciate that, man. I had a lot of fun with this one. So thank you.
0: If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Widell and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.